because it's Thanksgiving week. And I thought, man, this is a tough message. The last horseman of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But you know what? We're going to ride the horses all the way home. Amen? Come on. We're going we're gonna to finish this thing out today with the pale horse. So let's go with it right now. If you haven't been with us, we're in a series on the four horsemen of the apocalypse from the book of Revelation. How many have been with us? You've been with us for pretty much all of them. How many of you ain't been? This is your first one with me today. Uh-oh, get ready to rock and roll. Okay, I can't re-preach all four. Each one of them is their own message. So, But we'll see what we can do to help you just a little bit if you're just jumping in with us today. Let's roll. Now, messages like I've been preaching this past three weeks, especially the ones over the last three weeks, are criticized. If I, you know, put these out on mainstream media, it'd be criticized by non-believers and believers alike. You know, no, I can't believe he talks like that. So dark, negative, you know, and believers like, I don't want to hear that. I didn't get up for church this morning to be depressed. And honestly, that's how I felt a couple of times when I've been preaching these over the last few weeks. But anyway, but the bottom line, this is the Bible. The book of Revelations in the Bible. Did it stop with the book of Jude? Yes or no? Say, hey, book of Revelations, the last book in your Bible. It's one of the only books in the Bible that says if you read it and keep it, you'll receive a blessing. So obviously a lot of people, God knew in his wisdom that a lot of people were going to stop and not read this book. And God puts that blessing, right? I think it's in verse number 3, chapter 1. There's a blessing if you'll do it. Amen? And I've told you before, how are you going to know about heaven unless you read the book of Revelation? How are you going to know how victorious and powerful your Savior is unless you read the book of Revelation? There is a lot of dark stuff. There's a lot of fighting. There's some, there's some ugly going on. How are you going to know about demons and spiritual warfare in high places unless you read the book of Revelation? There's stuff going on. You don't believe in the devil, do you? Well, yeah. Amen. Through the rest of the Bible, but also through the book of Revelation. So that's what we've been doing. So let's keep looking. What have we seen? In the last days... Are we living in the last days? I think so personally, but what do I know? Paul thought he was living in the last days. I think that's our message. That is, we need to live as Jesus could come at any moment. He's already come. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He's seated down at the right hand of God the Father where he ever lives to make intercession. We're in the church age. How long does that last? I ain't sure. All I know is we have in church. Amen. Come on. Amen. And we're going to preach the gospel. That's what we do. That's where we live right now. The church age, the age of grace. How long is this going to last? How many more opportunities are you going to have to receive Christ as your Savior? I don't know. Either Jesus could come or you could go. Okay? One of those two could happen today. So that's how I look at life. So in the last days, we've looked at it, a world leader will be propelled into a position of great authority. And he will deceive Many. This isn't just a U.S. leader. This is a world leader. Now, we in our lifetime have seen us go from an independent, almost independent country, the United States of America, to a world government. Is that the truth or no? Absolutely. Matter of fact, President-elect Trump, that's pretty much what he made his campaign on, is that he would like America to be America again. Is that true? Is that true? Yeah, and that's a, that's, that's his, that was his platform. Now, whether you like him or agree with him or not, but that's what he said. I'd like to see America great again. 
Instead of us signing treaties about this climate thing over here or this over here or getting the opinions of everybody in the world, he'd like to bring it back home. That's pretty much what he said. Maybe not as clear as I just said it, but that's pretty much what he said. Okay, here we go. So, but we live in a, play, a, a world today. I remember with uh, George H.W. Bush, New World Order. Remember all that stuff back years ago? That was sort of foreign for our, for our thing. Is that true, yes or no? And so we've seen that over our lifetime happen. Is that true? Absolutely. Are you telling me something financially can happen in China and it'll affect me the next day? Absolutely. Something can happen with oil in Saudi Arabia. Yes. And the next day my gas went up a dollar. Didn't we see that happen? Yes or no? It went up like crazy, didn't it? We are hooked together. And in times, there'll be one that's going to come on and will be a world leader. The Antichrist. He will orchestrate what, what's going to be the big deal. He's going to bring real peace to the Middle East. If there's one place on the planet today that is having turmoil, and it's had turmoil for the last many, 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 many years, it's the Middle East. And if anything, that crisis is what? It's growing. It used to just be, you know, Israel and maybe Egypt was against them, or Lebanon or Syria was fighting them. It's not like that anymore. It's like all of radical Islam wants to destroy Israel off the face of the map. Is that what they say? Absolutely. So it's, it's a big problem. So he alone with others is going to have this treaty, but then he's going to break the peace treaty. This is what your Bible says. And all hell is going to break loose like we've never seen before. And there's going to be war like we've never seen before. That's what we've been seeing. You've got to keep pushing me. Does this sound like science fiction? Does this sound like science fiction? Does this sound like more like reality? Yes or no? A lot of people like Book of Revelation and science fiction. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Turn on your news? This is what's happening? Now, because of devastation of war, economies are going to collapse. We saw that. People are going to literally be starving. And not just people in other places of the world. All over the world. Things that we've never experienced before. That's what the Bible says. Now, does that sound like science fiction? When war takes place, people starve. Does that sound like science fiction? Is that reality? We saw last week that's reality. That's what happens when war takes place. Turn on the TV. Look at the Syrians right now. They have nothing. They're just being displaced all over the world. So today, let's go. Now, we've seen the white horse. We've seen... The red horse, we saw the black horse, and here's the fourth one, the pale horse. And when he opened the fourth seal, are y'all with me so far? Y'all alive? Come on. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, and I looked and behold, say it with me, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was Say it with me. The pale horse and who the name of the one that sat on him, his name was what? So you don't have to know a whole lot. Have the biggest smarts to figure out, hmm, pale horse and who's sitting on him? Death. And so there seems to be this progression from the white horse, world leader, to the red horse, war, broken treaty in the Middle East. Then Famine and devastation and starvation. And what happens after stamps, uh, famine, starvation? What happens naturally after that? Death. Somebody's got a beeper. There you go. Help me. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. There you go. Good. Uh-oh. Is it working? Metro, you got a beeper going off. Can we help you with it? Maybe not. Maybe so. You get it? Good job, buddy. Good, 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 good. Thank you. So, he that sat on him, his name was Death. Read that next part with me. And who followed with him? Hell followed with him. Boy, this isn't pleasant, is it, on Thanksgiving weekend? And power was given unto them over how much? One-fourth of the earth. To do what? To kill with the sword. And with what? Hunger. And with what? Death. And with what? Beast of the earth. So this is what's going to happen with this fourth seal. So the beast opens this seal. Now we're just going to push me, Ray. Thank you, buddy. The fourth beast is a flying eagle. All right? We saw earlier the first beast was like a lion, a conqueror, a king. The second like a calf, okay, like a slain calf. The third had the face of a man. What has the face of a man? Hunger, famine. There's nothing like you can talk about poverty all day long until you put a child up with an emaciated body bloated, and all of a sudden you can't look at it. And number four, the fourth beast, the pale horse, the fourth beast, was like a flying what? Eagle. Like a flying eagle. Keep looking. We think of eagles in America as patriotic. Every time I see one, I go, wow, look, there's an eagle. Look, there's an eagle. Majestic, sharp-eyed. Fierce, and they are. But wait a minute. Let's talk about eagles. But they are indeed carrion eaters. Okay, what does that mean? They're listed first in the company of what? Vultures. You mean America picked a bird that's like a vulture? Absolutely. That's what he is. He's like a, a vulture and a buzzard. He's a carrion bird. So here in the Bible, you know, God didn't really care what kind of bird you pick for your emblem. Amen. This was written a long time ago. And what do eagles do? They eat both living flesh and detestable decaying flesh. I'm sort of glad for them, especially when we get to red tide and stuff. And I'm not a big fan of crabs, but I sure am when the red tide comes. Amen. Them crabs are getting their fill. Amen. Come on. Anyway, of all clean birds you shall eat. Deuteronomy. But these are they which you shall not eat. The eagle. Say that with me. The what? So you don't eat him just because he's your national bird, but don't eat him anyway, okay? Please. All right, etc. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Push me, buddy. This is a very appropriate creature to introduce the what? Fourth horseman. Is that making any sense to you? all with me so far? I'm just figuring this out with you. That's all we're doing here. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, fourth of the population on the planet, to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beast of the earth. And we just saw that a little bit. So the pale horse, let's keep learning, let's keep pushing me, Ray, see what we can find. A pale horse. Let's look at that word. The word for pale is the Greek word chloros. 
It's our word we get the word what from? Chlorine. Chlorine comes from this word, the pale horse. Chlorine. Now, technically, this word refers to a greenish-yellow. Say greenish-yellow. A greenish-yellow. You ever put Clorox on something and you saw it turn sort of greenish-yellow? Amen. Cleaned it? Now, Dina, where are you? You love Clorox, don't you? It's her favorite. It's her favorite. If Dina's going to clean, you better get out because it's going to smell like Clorox. I'm going to tell you that right now. But there ain't going to be anything alive when you get done with it. She's killing it all. And she's worked with me for years. And sometimes at the office, we have to just leave. But we know one thing is clean, ain't it? Amen. Come on. Anyway, it technically refers to a greenish-yellow color found in the pale green or just sprouted grass of new leaves. It looks like that as well. Secular Greek writers, and by the way, she's Greek. Miss Dina back there. Secular Greek writers like Homer used it to describe the pale greenish gray color of a what? Corpse. These are not these are not necessarily believers in Jesus. These are just Greek historians and writers. That's the word. Back that last screen up, buddy, one more time. Of a corpse or decaying what? Flesh. I just want you to see that. Thank you, buddy. That's what death looks like. Now, guys, we don't like death. A lot of you have never seen death. You just haven't. I don't want you to see it, necessarily. I've seen a lot of it because of my job. I don't like seeing it. I don't like meeting with families. I don't like that. I'm just telling you right now. It's not something I like to do. I don't even want to do it at all. It's horrible. That's what death looks like. Is that what death looks like, or are we talking about science fiction today? No, it's reality, guys. That's what I'm saying about this book of Revelation. It's more reality than science fiction. You need to read it. His name that sat on him was called Death. This is the only horseman of the four to receive a name. Remember that. Of the four, only one has a name, and his name is what? You wouldn't want to name your kid that, would you? Death can also be translated, this word that's used here can be translated pestilence, disease. Bottom line is when all hell breaks loose and this war takes place and the Middle East is not just in the Middle East, but it's actually taking over one-fourth of the planet is going to lose their life. It's not just going to be war. It's going to be pestilence and famine and disease and things that we've talked about. Now, the word that Jesus uses over in Matthew 24, you have the book of Revelation. We're talking about it now. But we've been going back and forth some of this study back to Matthew, what Jesus said, because Jesus is the author of both. He uses the word pestilence. for nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Say it with me. And there shall be famine pestilences, earthquakes in different places, okay? So that's the word he uses. And hell followed. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was what? Death. And we know what pale means now. We know what death means. And hell followed with him. Amen? Keep pushing, right? 
The word here, say it with me, is what? Hades. Hades. It's the basic idea. Grave. So he that sat on that horse was called death. And what follows death? The what? The grave. So don't necessarily, we're not necessarily thinking of a hot hell here, but hey, if you die without Christ, that's part of it too. Amen? So death and the grave, they go hand in hand. That's what this fourth horse we see. Both death and the grave speak of what? Lifelessness and then what? Corruption, decaying flesh. As mentioned here, they're inseparable companions. You can't have death without the grave. Now, the beautiful thing is, I love this, Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. Can we praise Him this morning? Come on, come on, come on, come on. That's why you need to know the Lord. I told Kim, I said, Kim, I don't want to do this message today. I want to be happy. Thanksgiving. And she said, Gary... You doing a message like this makes us thankful. Makes us thankful we know the Lord. Makes us thankful for our Savior that He's defeated death, hell, and the grave for us. Amen? Makes us thankful. And that's why, you know, I don't like hearing the negative people say. Listen, if you don't have the negative sometime, you don't know the positive. Amen? Say. You're just walking around like happy, 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 happy. All of a sudden you get run over by a bus. Okay? Come on. So this ain't science fiction, guys. This is reality. This is what's happening. And the thing about us today, we're living in an age today where, you know, if I'd have preached this 40 years ago, you know, people would have been like, I don't know. But boy, preaching it today, it's like, you know, I could talk to you probably without even putting a Bible up here. And you go, yeah, I believe that. But it's backed up with the Scriptures. During this time, people will die due to hostility, hunger, and pestilence. It's going to happen, or disease. And with the beast of the earth, that's what this verse said. Now, this ain't science fiction either. Keep looking. Keep pushing. I believe the beast here mentioned are closely linked to pestilence or disease. Now, I want to take you somewhere. Hang on. You're going to go, oh, no. Where's he taking us? If we ain't sick enough already... Which of these animals is the most destructive? The lion, the tigers, the bears, the rat, oh my. Lions and tigers and bears. I never heard the rat part in that little saying. Lions and tigers and bears or rats. Which are, talks about the beast. The most destructive beast on earth as far as man is concerned. Which one is it? It's not the lion. It's not the tiger. It's not the bear. So if you don't like rats, you've got a good reason not to. Amen, say. Oh, he's so cute. He's just a little rat. The beast has caused the death of more humans since the beginning of time has been the what? Now, can you be honest with me? Don't lie in church. Just don't lie. Don't lie. How many would say, Pastor Gary, I didn't know that. Can I see your hand? Look at that. Now, how many will raise your hand now and say, I didn't know it, but I was lying? Okay. A few of you. A few of you. You're learning something today. Here we go. I'm going to talk to you about the rat this morning. The rat is adaptable. Have you noticed that? I've bought different houses over the years and fixed them up. It's amazing where them suckers live. 
as I'll be tearing something out. Ah! Kim and I got a house about two years ago. We bought it on Halloween. It was the scariest, ghostest-looking house in Inglewood. If I'd have took you here, you wouldn't even know this place existed. It was on a back street, grown up with trees. You could not even see that there was a house there. Of course, that's my kind of house. You know why? Because it's what? Cheap. If they'd have given it to me for free, that would have been my favorite, okay? But I'm pulling down ceiling, and it's dark, and there's bats flying in this house. And there's frogs jumping. I'm not making this up. And it's wet and it's nasty. And I've got a flashlight going in like this. And I told Kim, don't you let go of my shirt. <laughs> and that's not so she can be safe. That's because I can be safe, okay? I ain't protecting her at all. I'll jump right in her arms, I'm telling you. I'm scared to death of this stuff. So anyway, I'm going in this one room, and we're there. We own it now. And I pull down just some kind of drywall. It wasn't even drywall back in this house. It didn't have drywall. It was just something they put up there. And I pulled it down, and rats fell all over my head. Are you here, Kim? Are you in the service? She's back in the back. You ask her later about them rats that fell on my head. Ask her what I did. If you don't think Clark still got moves, baby, I'm going to tell you something right now. They, they're adaptable. They're adaptable. They're destructible. All the wiring chewed up. Is that true? Have people known that? You know that, yes or no? Crazy. I didn't know they eat wire. They'll eat anything. Keep looking. Got to go, got to go, got to go. If 95, this is a crazy stat, and I don't make this stuff up. I don't have the, I don't know what this stuff is. I just read. If 95% of the rat population were destroyed, and you only had 5% left, it would reproduce itself in 12 months. That's scary. And when that fell on me, babies, you ask her. I'm my hair. Yeah, you're funny. You're funny. It got scared off, baby, I'm going to tell you. Come on. But they're so cute, aren't they? And she had compassion on them. You think I did? Ugh. Nasty. Rats are responsible for the deaths of more people on the earth than all wars combined. It makes its home wherever man is found. Another house I did in Grove City years ago. I don't do this for a living. I do it for fun to keep my head from popping off. Helps me with stress. I can go beat something, okay? But I had one in Grove City I did like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Little old one of them little old kluge type houses, little small houses. And I pulled out the stove, tons of them behind the oven. How many have seen that before? Absolutely. Wherever man is, they're there. In the 14th century, fleas, fleas from rats killed more than one-third of the population of Europe. Why do I put this up here? One-fourth of the planet can't die. That's crazy, Clark. You're a lunatic. I'm not a lunatic. Read your history books. You're living in a bubble. You live in America where nothing really happens. The rest of the world, they got lots of problems. We got them here, but... We're so blessed to live in this country. Rats can carry as many as how many diseases? 
That's a lot. Rats menace food supplies, which they both devour and then do what? Especially in underdeveloped countries. You live here, so when we see rats, we can take it. We can go get us some decon. We can get us rat traps. Other countries, ain't no decon. They ain't no rat traps. I remember, these are rat stories I have. I didn't realize how many I got. When I was a kid growing up, my brother Ray, we lived in a squalor home. Ray gets up in the middle of the night, and these are big rats, big old rats. And my brother Ray, who's crazy, if you ever meet Ray, you'll go, that's a crazy brother of Gary right there. Ray got him with a butcher knife. Yeah, I mean, this is Ray, though. He's like 15 years old, 17. You know, he's crazy. Yeah, just a mess. And my brothers were pretty athletic. They could even go after rats. It's crazy. When there's war, famine, and disease, it's a reality for beasts like rats and others to wreak what? Havoc. Havoc. So, this isn't science fiction, guys. That's what I'm just trying to say. We just don't know much about it in this country. We just don't. We've got it so good. The pale horse. Just keep pushing me, Ray. I've got to quit soon. One-fourth of those living during this time will perish. The reality of death. It will happen. Some death stats now. It says one-fourth of the planet will perish. Read more in the book of Revelation. You'll see later another third perishes. Who knows? We know Iran whether, whether they're nuclear capable, we don't really know. We say they're not, I think, to make ourselves feel better. We know North Korea, and isn't that the craziest guy on the planet? Yes or no? Is he the craziest guy? If like, who's the craziest guy on the planet with nuclear weapons? It's that guy. So how can immediately a third be destroyed? Could be nuclear. I have no idea. But all I know is when people fight and people are fighting for their life, they'll use whatever they got. And then if they have an ideology that thinks, makes them believe that they're either powerful or right, if they're holy in what they're doing, that's a bad situation. And that's the world we live in. Some death stats. I want you to just see in the 20th century. Because as most of us, we lived in the 20th century. Correct? Okay. Here we go. In the 20th century, over 300 million people died from smallpox. We're talking a lot of people. Keep looking. Over 200 million people died from malaria in the 1900s. Over 100 million people died from tuberculosis. We're just doing some death stats for those that don't think something like this could happen. Since 1981, over 35 million people have died from AIDS. That's definitely in most of our lifetime. Between 1918 and 1919, one year, 100 million people died from the Spanish flu. 100 million people in one year from a flu. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Death. Death. Death from other causes. In the three years between 1958 and 61, 43 million people died in China from famine. Can this happen pretty quick, yes or no? Another Chinese famine killed 24 million people in 1907. 
1931, 3.7 million people died from one single flood in China. Isn't that crazy? Even here in the States sometimes, where did the water come from? I go home and they got, South Carolina was underwater one time. And I'm like, I've lived down by these people my whole life. Where'd the water come from? Then I go home this summer. <laughs> there was a flood. Hurricane Matthew did nothing to us. It hit up in North Carolina somewhere above. It's no big deal. It was a big deal to the rivers. And it flooded the whole town of Lumberton. They lost almost all their homes. In a weekend, can things happen quick? Absolutely, guys. In 1980, 10,000 people died from a heat wave in the United States just because it was too hot. We, we, don't, we don't hear all this. We just, you know. 1970, one million people died from a cyclone in Pakistan. One million people gone. 1976, 255,000 people died from an earthquake in China. Quarter of a million people dead. Death can happen fast. We saw this one in living color with our own eyes. Half a million people died from a tsunami. You're talking an earthquake somewhere in the ocean. Boom. Big waves. It's unbelievable. People destroyed. Can death happen? How many are like ready for Thanksgiving? <laughs> Clark's killing me this morning. If you're a visitor, you're like, I'll never come back here. He wears black. He's a mean man who doesn't like rats. Normally, I am happy. I try to be. Even I try to be funny during a message like this. It's hard. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. You know what? I believe my mother is one of those. My mother was a hell raiser. She became a Christian. She became a beautiful child of the living God. And I believe my mother's last words during Thanksgiving week was my stepfather pointing a gun at her to kill her. He threatened he would kill her. He said he would kill her while she slept. That's what she would go to bed with at night on her mind. But I believe my mother's last words were, you can't threaten me with heaven. She was a faithful woman to the end. The Bible has a place for martyrs, for people who die for Jesus Christ. And here's, here's one hint. That they're under the, soul, the, the altar of the Lord. They're by the altar of the Lord. They cried with a loud voice, How long? How long, O Lord? Holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Crazy verse, isn't it? If I didn't read the book of Revelation, I'd never know that. That's a blessing to me. Here's the blessing for people who die for Jesus Christ. And white robes were given unto every one of them. That's a blessing to Gary Clark. My mom, I believe it. I'm proud of her. And it was said unto them that they should rest for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. There are going to be many believers in Jesus Christ who are going to lose their life. We see it happening now. I heard on the radio coming in this morning as well that in Iran, more Christians are being killed now than ever. But here's the good news. There are more people converting to Christianity in Iran now than ever. You'd think if they're being killed, they wouldn't want to trust Christ. It's causing something to happen where more and more are standing up and becoming faith, having faith in Jesus Christ. 
Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, though. The reality of persecution is going to happen in the last days. Then they shall deliver you, Jesus said, up to be afflicted. They shall kill you. His disciples said, what are the last days going to be like? What's the end of the world going to be like? Jesus said, they're going to kill you. You're going to be hated of what? Nations. For whose sake? My name's sake. And then shall many be offended. And so-called believers are going to start betraying one another. When it gets hot, they turn on one another. Is that what happens? Yes or no? And shall hate one another. This is what this is what evil looks like. Look at the countries where Christians are being persecuted. This ain't science fiction. Just put up the list. This is where persecution is taking place right now. And I'm sure there are places we don't know. How much of that is your world today? Yes or no? Big part of your world you live in? It's just where people don't worship like you and I worship. Because we're Americans. We live in the United States of America. Celebrate that this week when you're having Thanksgiving. Would you? Yes or no? Come on. Beautiful. Keep looking. The reality of natural disasters. And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Listen to Jesus. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines. We've talked about it. Pestilences. But wait a minute. Earthquakes. This is our last message on the four horsemen. We're just at finishing it up. According to seismologists' reports and records, there were four... Listen to this stat. There were 42 earthquakes from 1900 to 1970. That's 70, according to seismologists. There were 51 earthquakes... Between 70 and 2000. So 70 years there were 70. Uh, 30 years there were 50. And from there were 90 earthquakes from 2000 to 2006 in just six years. So what is that saying? It sounds like this planet is, is groaning. I don't know anything about all this. I'm from the country, okay? You go check out seismology and you can read about it. But it seems... Like a mother giving birth, the pains are coming, the contractions. Jesus said these are the what? Beginning of what? And you read the Bible and you wonder why the word sorrows. Boy, after a message like today, he couldn't have picked a better word. These are the beginning of what? That's horrible. Sorrows. All these things will happen. They'll begin to happen in embryonic form in the days preceding the second coming of Jesus Christ. I would say today the things that we're seeing in our world, we've seen over the last many years, are embryonic forms at least. And it seems like the, the, the contractions are coming closer and closer and closer. That's my opinion. What do I know? I'm just like you. Is it scary? Sure it is. Sure it is. Okay? But just because something's scary doesn't mean it's what? See, if something's scary, ah, I'll, I'll keep that from me. Well, no, we're going we're gonna to read it because it's the Bible. And this ha- makes me have more confidence actually in the Bible. I don't need a whole lot more confidence in the Bible, to be honest with you. I mean, it's pretty well got Gary, okay? So, science fiction or reality, the Bible. Keep looking. Jesus Christ. 
See, science fiction or reality? Well, I don't believe that revelation part. Well, then I guess Jesus is science fiction too. You can't have it both ways, can you, church? Yes or no? Come on. Heaven, I, heaven or hell? People say, you don't believe in hell, do you? Sure I do. What my idea to believe in hell is in the Bible. I believe the what? Bible. Because the Bible's believable. Now, what I've read of the Koran ain't believable. Excuse me. But what I've read of the Bible, which is a lot of it, is believable. Do I understand it all? No. But do I believe it? Yes, by faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it's written, say it with me, the just shall live by faith. That's what we live by. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without what? Because that when they knew, not, when they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God. Neither were they what? But they became vain in their imaginations, making up stuff, living in la-la land. And their foolish heart was what? Darkened. Professing themselves to be wise. This planet just blew up and here we all are. They're stupid. Became fools. Changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into images like the corruptible man or beast. will worship a cow or a monkey or something crazy. Guys, be careful. And creeping things. I believe the gospel. Amen? Not science fiction. Stuff man makes up is far more science fiction mess than what the Bible teaches. Because it's fact and it's proven. Do you believe this? That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved but with the heart down deep, the core of who you are, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made at his salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be what? Ashamed. Amen? The pale horse. Am I done, Ray? Thank you. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. We made it. Yay. Woo! The four horsemen.